As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. the landmark 1619 project about slavery in America for the New York Times and quote aims to reframe the country's history understanding 1619 as our true founding we would not be a country we would not be the United States were it not for slavery perhaps we should call them the 1619 riots after all the architect said it would be an honor. We partnered with the Pulitzer Center on a curriculum. It's being taught in 2,000 school districts in the country, in every state in America. Maybe if we teach kids right the first time, we don't have to reteach them 20 years from now. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Next couple of days are very important on this show. In fact, I think they may be the most important shows that I have done if they activate you into action. Uh, What you just saw there is really, truly frightening, and I think you will understand it even more by the time of the end of this broadcast. Now, no matter what the New York Times or Black Lives Matter tries to tell you, America's birthday is still this week. It's still July 4th. Independence Day is the same as it always has been. But there is an active campaign on the left to correct U.S. history by canceling people from the past who don't measure up to our amazing moral standards in 2020. In fact, here's a headline. This came from the Democratic Party. Trump to celebrate white supremacy this 4th of July at Mount Rushmore. Are you kidding me? Yes, they're now even trying to cancel America's birthday because it's horrible. And the thrust of this campaign is to discredit everything about America's foundation so they can burn the entire system down. Make no mistake, this is the enemy within. If they can demonstrate that America was rotten from its beginning, well, then it's got to be rotten today, right? No good apple can grow from a bad tree. And they can justify remaking the nation through social justice, which is the clever catchphrase that is code for their actual aim of Marxism. So why erase the past? Well, you do it if you want to build something radically new and you don't want old anti-Marxist ways competing for the hearts and minds of people. You need a clean slate to build your new future. In the week since the death of George Floyd, the Black Lives Matter propaganda wing has been in overdrive, painting America as more racist than ever. Do not go over the cliff with the rest of humanity. This country is a blessed country. We have had it far better than what we deserve. We make mistakes. Yes, 
but we are not a racist country. If you start to see racism in absolutely everything, nothing is pure, and everything is fair game to attack, what do you have left? And where does that philosophy come from? Well, the 1619 Project. Uh, It didn't invent this philosophy, but it seized a narrative that has been slow building for years and all packaged it all pretty with a bow. Then the New York Times media machine marketed it for mainstream consumption. Now, a lot of people have heard of the 1619 Project, but I don't think they know what it really is. It was the brainchild of a New York Times magazine staff writer named Nicole Hannah-Jones. The idea was to create a special issue of the magazine to commemorate, or to slander, the 400th anniversary of the first ship arriving in Virginia with black slaves. But the scope is much larger than that. It is an effort to completely rewrite American history. In fact, in something that is so dystopian, I can't believe that they actually did it. The opening lines of the project declare, On the 400th anniversary of this fateful moment, it is finally time to tell our story truthfully. Quote, What if... We were to tell you that this fact, which is taught in our schools and unanimously celebrated every 4th of July, is wrong. And that the country's true birth date, the moment uh, its defining contradictions first came into the world, was in late August of 1619. Oh, you mean a uh, hundred plus years before we were a country? when we, the, the country that we tried to get away from, England? Well, what if I told you monkeys lived in my nose? It doesn't make it true. Now, it claims to be like the Lawrence Fishburne character in The Matrix, delivering the truth, offering America the red pill. Like The Matrix, Matrix, it wants to wake you up to the fact that you're, the entire America that you thought you knew was a lie. You're really just plugged into an American system of slavery. That bowl of cereal you ate this morning? Evil, because it has sugar in it. Sugar was a slave crop. Lack of universal health care? Because of slavery. Overcrowded prisons? Low minimum wage? White artists stealing black music? Traffic jams on freeways in Atlanta? I'm not kidding. All of it is because of slavery and segregation. Those aren't jokes. The 1619 Project covers all of those topics and more. Quote, No aspect of the country that would be formed here has been untouched by the years of slavery that followed. The message is simple. America sucks. It stinks on ice. And all of it is built on slavery. They say, quote, the goal of the 1619 Project is to reframe American history by considering what it would mean to regard 1619 as our nation's birth year. Again, monkeys in my nose. Doing so requires us to place the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black Americans at the very center of the story we tell ourselves about who we are as a country, end quote. The 1619 Project is also a podcast. Oh, it's much bigger than that, even. Random House is releasing a series of 1619 books next year. The New York Times even partnered with the Pulitzer Center to indoctrinate students with the curriculum for schools. 
By the way, it has nothing to do with the Pulitzer Prize. That's another Pulitzer. Normally, a special project like this would quickly fade away. But this is a sustained, coordinated, and very well-financed campaign. The 1619 curriculum is already in thousands of schools across all 50 states. Is it in yours? If it is, you must get it out. It is a very serious effort to brainwash an entire generation of American youth that their nation is a fraud and must be corrected. The leader and public face of the project is Nicole Hannah-Jones, who calls herself the Beyonce of journalism. I don't even understand the world today. I mean, that's a good thing. In, six, in 2016, she established the Ida B. Wells Society for Investigative Reporting, devoted to providing the training and mentorship necessary for journalists of color to compete and succeed. Where'd she get that money? Predictably, her organization got its funding from... Uh, do I even need to say it at this point? The Open Society Foundation... George Soros. In 2008, she received a fellowship from the Institute for Advanced Journalism Studies to travel to Cuba, where she studied Cuba's amazing universal health care and educational systems. In an article titled, The Cuba We Don't Know, she blamed the U.S. for Cuba's low per capita income and crumbling infrastructure. Yet, she wrote, quote, Cuba boasts one of the highest literacy rates in the world, end quote. Gee, I wonder if Bernie Sanders stole that line from her. She continued, Cuba's universal health care system is seen by many as a world model. Really? She also said Fidel Castro's regime, quote, led to the end of codified racism and brought universal education and access to jobs to black Cubans. And that Cuba is not the great evil we're led to believe. Oh, of course not. She apparently still is drinking the Cuban Kool-Aid because she told Vox just last year this. If you want to see the most equal uh multiracial, uh, it's not a democracy, <laughs> most equal multiracial country in our hemisphere, it would be Cuba. In places that are truly, um, at least biracial countries, Cuba actually mm -hmm. has the least inequality. And that's largely due to socialism, which I'm sure no one wants to hear. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, it's very equal. Everyone's miserable except at the very top. Now, her romantic feelings about Cuba 12 years ago foreshadowed her approach with the, uh, the 1619 Project, which is only socialist revolution can save America. Its legacy of slavery, it will be over if we adopt this philosophy and bring about real justice, like Che, like he did with all of his friends that were not black, not homosexual, and didn't have a differing opinion. As you'll see, that Marxist-friendly sentiment permeates the entire project. Her opening essay sets the tone for the 1619 Project. It is titled, America Wasn't a Democracy Until Black Americans Made It One. She sets the precedent for her bad history skills at the very top with this. Quote, our democracy's founding ideals were false when they were written. Black Americans have fought to make them true. Without this struggle, America would have no democracy at all. Really? No democracy? 
Well, there might be a few war veterans and various races that might have a differing opinion. Maybe. I mean, I lost a couple of relatives in the Civil War fighting to free slaves. She goes up and says, the United States is a nation founded on both the ideal and a lie. Our Declaration of Independence, approved on July 4, 1776, proclaims all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. But the white men who drafted these words did not believe them to be true for the hundreds of thousands of black people in their midst. Well, she doesn't mention that three out of the five men on the committee that drafted the Declaration of Independence did not own slaves. Roger Sherman, Benjamin Franklin, and John Adams. What's more, Franklin became the president of the nation's first abolition society. Adams represented slaves suing for their freedom in Massachusetts. Uh, and on tomorrow's broadcast, we'll talk about Jefferson. An amazing fact that no one knows But we have the original draft, so you will know tomorrow. I'm sure she's she's right that none of these old white guys believed in their words that they wrote and risked their lives for. None of them. Historical accuracy is not a priority because that's not her goal. Remember, we're imagining things in the 1619 Project. And I'm not writing to, like, convert Trump supporters. I'm writing to try to get liberal white people to do what they say they believe in. I'm making a moral argument, so my my method is guilt. My method is guilt. Hannah Jones' biggest lie, and the one that got her into the most hot water with historians, is this little gem. Quote, conveniently left out of our founding mythology is the fact that one of the primary reasons the colonists decided to declare their independence from Britain was because they wanted to protect the institution of slavery. End quote. There is not a single document that would would verify that at all. And I could produce hundreds of documents from the time that show it's the exact opposite. Somehow in the Declaration of Independence, the founders forgot to include that on their list of reasons to separate from Britain. Not true, as we will show you tomorrow. But thanks to Hannah Jones' investigative reporting, uh, reporting after, after all these years, we finally now know the truth. Everybody's damned. Of course, the fact that 16 of the 13 uh, or six of the 13 colonies abolished slavery within 15 years of being founded. Ah, geez, 15 years right after the Revolutionary War. Huh. They they stopped slavery, not just the slave trade, slavery. Wow. How does that work out for you, Hannah? Also, if protecting slavery was the main reason the colonies rebelled, why did 5,000 black Americans fight against the British? That seems a little odd. There's even a monument to the 500 black soldiers who were part of George Washington's forces at Valley Forge. Then there's the little fact that the U.S. Congress banned the slave trade at the signing of the Constitution for 1807. That's 24 years after the end of the war. Seems wasteful to fight an eight-year war to protect something that they would ban as soon as they got to the Constitution. 
She also fails to mention the 1787 Northwest Ordinance before the Constitution that banned slavery in the Northwest Territory, which made up two-thirds of the U.S. at the time. Why would they do that if they wanted to promote slavery? Remember one of the opening lines of the project. Quote, no aspect of the country that would be formed here has been untouched by the years of slavery that followed. Really? That's not even close to being true. Slavery slavery never existed in most of the geographical area of the United States. And at the height of slavery in 1860, 75% of white families in the U.S. didn't own a single slave. Oh, and in 1650, there were more English people enslaved in Africa than Africans enslaved in English colonies. You forgot to mention those, didn't you? We wouldn't be talking about this project if it had not tried to pass itself off as legitimate history. Apparently, the New York Times did consult a few professional historians, but then only listened to the advice that fit their predetermined narrative. Leslie Harris, who happens to be a black female, a history professor at Northwestern University, was consulted and told the Times that protecting slavery was not a reason the 13 colonies went to war with Great Britain. In fact, she argued the Revolutionary War was a major disruptor of slavery in the colonies. But the Times ignored this and printed the lie. Despite so much evidence against the main thesis, Hannah Jones maintains that, quote, anti-black racism runs in the very DNA of this country, end quote. Well, she's absolutely right that racism was in the very DNA of one country founded on these shores. But it was the Confederacy, and it failed miserably. I still think most Americans, including black Americans, think that that failure is a plus in America's column. But not the 1619 Project. Oh, no, it has a very different vision of and for America. Another little lie that you are being told is that you could print money, all the money you want, and never have to worry about paying it back. You don't have to raise taxes. You don't even have to plan. In fact, you can get the Federal Reserve to print the money and then just write an IOU to itself. And we can have unlimited spending. It's called the modern monetary theory. And that's exactly what we're doing right now. I like to call it um, irresponsible, dangerous, and hyperinflation. Every time this has been tried, it fails. Every time. Our dollar is going to collapse. We will lose our reserve currency status. When that happens, your money is going to be worth very little. Very, very little. So how much do you have? And how much is in dollars or things that will be paid out in dollars? May I suggest you call Goldline right now? There are so many lies, and most of them are dangerous. And most of the lies are to reset to whatever it is the elites have planned. 
please don't be in this situation. Call Goldline at 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Call them now, ask them, tell them that I sent you, and they're going to send you a free presidential medal. Find out all about it. Just ask for information on why gold or silver may be right for your family. 866-GOLDLINE. They're waiting for your call right now. Recently, a New York Post opinion piece said we should call the current violence and unrest the 1619 riots. The main idea of the whole 1619 project is that everything about the United States is illegitimate and racist because the whole nation is built on slavery. Well, what is it you're hearing and seeing on the streets right now? It is the fruit of the philosophy preached by the 1619 uh, project. It is a Marxist move. Now, Nicole Hannah-Jones initially replied to the New York Post tweet about calling them the 1619 riots, saying, quote, it would be an honor. Thank you. She has since deleted that tweet, but the riots and the rage over the supposed systematic racism in America is completely on message with the 1619 Project. There is a clear Marxist thread running through the whole project with the goal of reinventing U.S. history, canceling the Constitution, and replacing free market capitalism. Well, what's wrong with a little capitalism? Even the New York Times has no problem cashing in on the 1619 merchandise. But you see, capitalism is evil because one of the explanation that rules them all, slavery. Hannah Jones writes, quote, it was the relentless buying, selling, insuring and financing of the slave bodies and the products of their labor that made Wall Street a thriving banking, insurance and trading sector and New York City, the financial capital of the world. Really? That's quite a statement. I mean, especially when you don't have any explanation for how Wall Street possibly survived after the U.S. abolished the slave trade in 1807 and abolished slavery altogether in 1865. But the 1619 Project doesn't have use for facts to distract from the main narrative. The centerpiece of the 1619 attack on capitalism is written by Matthew Desmond. He's a Princeton sociology professor. His essay is titled, In Order to Understand the Brutality of American Capitalism, You Have to Start on the Plantation. Here's just a sampling of quotes. It's not surprising that we still feel the looming presence of this slavery institution, which helped turn a poor, fledgling nation into a financial colossus. Quote, many of this data and management techniques that we now take for granted were developed by and for large plantations. Quote, American slavery is necessarily imprinted on the DNA of American capitalism, end quote. In trying to build his case that the slave industry was enormous, he says, New Orleans, quoting, boasted a denser concentration of banking capital than New York City. But critics quickly pointed out that he conveniently doesn't explain what he means by banking capital. Because the reality is that in 19 or in 1858, New York City alone had more banks than the entire future Confederacy and Southern banking capital made up less than 80 percent of the uh, the money held by New York banks alone. Hmm. The biggest problem with Desmond's essay is that he relies on the work of an academic movement called the new history of capitalism. He quotes seven American scholars in his essay. All seven of them are new history of capitalist academics. 
This movement, which none of us have ever heard of, grew out of the 2008 financial crisis. It links all capitalism to the evils of slavery, which is ultimately the Marxist view as well. What a surprise. The scholarship of the new history of capitalism has been widely criticized, and many points uh, of it are debunked by other academics. But there is absolutely no mention of that. One of the most dangerous things about the 1619 Project is that it treats its viewpoint as historic fact, like it's digging up the real truth. Scooby and Shaggy are around. If they were just here now, we could show you what we have, all the evidence in the mystery van. They're digging up the real truth that white supremacists and capitalists have been trying to keep from you this entire time. This is so incredibly evil. The message is crystal clear. According to Desmond, responsible Americans have a choice. You can continue with your capitalist ways, buying and selling and trying to earn a living in in a systematic racist system based on slavery, or you can support socialist policies that will begin to unravel this evil and unjust system that still oppresses all Americans. Unless you're white, I would think, because then you would be the oppressor, right? But if you don't repent of your evil capitalism, then you're okay with racism and injustice and making sure that those things stay smack dab at the uh, the core of American life, where they have been since 1619. As she said, her, her tact is guilt, not fact. In 1619, the the project desperately wants to pass itself off as legitimate history, but it totally kneecaps itself by ignoring so much of the American story. There's no mention of any black Americans who succeeded in spite of slavery due to the free market capitalist system. In the 1619 effort to take down America and imagine, let's reframe our history, black success stories are not allowed because they don't fit with the narrative. The role of white Americans in abolishing slavery doesn't fit the narrative either. I don't see giving you credit for fighting to end an institution that you created. That's Mm -hmm. just the way that I think about it. We have had uh, plenty of stories in 400 years about white heroism. Mm -hmm. And we have given outsized attention to what we consider good white people. I think it was important not to give white people that escape when they were reading this. A lot of actual historians are not buying into the 1619 Project uh, and what they're trying to sell. Last December, five prominent historians from Princeton, Brown, City University of New York, and Texas State all signed a letter to the New York Times expressing their dismay at, quote, some of the factual errors in the project and the closed process behind it, end quote. The letter says the project's errors, quote, suggest a displacement of historical understanding by ideology, end quote. Now, that's an amazing statement, because remember, the historians who signed this letter are not Fox News contributors. They probably agree with The New York Times 99% of the time. But about the claim that America fought the Revolutionary War to protect slavery, they say, quote, Every statement offered by the project to validate it is false, end quote. They also express concern about the project's fact-checking process. 
Quote, those connected with the project have assured the public that its materials were shaped by a panel of historians and have been scrupulously fact-checked. The selective transparency deepens our concern, end quote. And they end by asking the New York Times to, quote, issue prominent corrections of all of the errors and distortions presented in the 1619 project. We also seek for the removal of these mistakes from any materials destined for use in schools, end quote. Spoiler alert. The New York Times did not make any corrections. Instead, it published a 2,100-word response from the editor-in-chief disputing the historian's letter. Later, a second group of 12 historians from 12 separate universities, including Notre Dame, uh, Yale, Villanova, Michigan State, all signed a letter to the Times raising their concerns. They said... Quote, the 1619 Project offers a historically limited view of slavery. The breadth of 400 years and 300 million people cannot be compressed into a single-size interpretation. Yet, the 1619 Project asserts that every aspect of American life has only one lens for viewing, and that is slavery and its fallout, end quote. The Times editor-in-chief replied that, No corrections here are warranted. Three months later, after receiving a lot more heat from more historians across the nation, the Times finally did make one correction to the uh, the, uh, uh, 1619 project. They added some of, end quote, to the following passage. One of the primary reasons some of the colonists decided to declare their independence from Britain was because they wanted to protect the institution of slavery. Even that doesn't work. The king was a slave trader. The king liked slavery. After all the back and forth and all of the criticism from prominent historians, they added two words as a correction to their lie. But it softened the lie, didn't correct it. The 1619 Project came out waving the flag that it is legitimate history. But when it came under fire from real historians, both left and right, both black and white, they started waving a different flag. The 1619 Project is not a history. It is a work of journalism that examines the modern and ongoing legacy of slavery. Oh. So you've been presenting it in history, but it's not history. It's not bad history. It's journalism. Bad journalism? Or is this what journalism is supposed to do? Because they haven't gotten the facts right on anything for quite some time. So maybe it is journalism. Why would the New York Times ignore all these strong criticisms if they were wanting to produce an earth-shattering true work of history or journalism? Because the agenda is not ultimately about history. It is just yet another vehicle in the fleet now driven by elites in America toward socialism. You know, for millions of Americans, if you're in constant pain, you're not alone. Millions of Americans have had their pain dramatically reduced, um, and and it's because of relief factor. They couldn't take the reduction of the quality of life anymore. 
Here at The Blaze, I have met with members of the audience who are veterans, who just couldn't get out of bed anymore because of the pain, or people who worked in manufacturing, and only after taking Relief Factor, they could return to work. Now, these are extreme cases. Most Relief Factor clients are people who just can't enjoy taking a walk or playing golf like they used to or just playing with their grandkids for very long. I started taking Relief Factor, and it has helped me with my pain in unbelievable amounts. I feel the best I have felt, honestly, in 10 years. 100% drug-free and created by doctors. Join me and get your life back with Relief Factor and their three-week quick start for only nineteen ninety-five. If you have pain, you don't have much to lose. If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back, go to relieffactor.com now. That's relieffactor.com. To criticize any aspect of Black Lives Matter or the social justice agenda now is hate speech in America. So it's just a matter of when, not if, Blaze TV content will be kicked off of YouTube and social media platforms. I do not ever ask you to take my word for anything. But hurry, history's being edited. It's more important than ever that you own the history of whatever it is, wherever you are, that you know it inside and out, and more important than ever to join us as a subscriber. We need you. Tonight, go to blazetv.com and use the promo code FIGHTTHEMOB and get $20 off the annual subscription. Let me say it to you again. We need you. Our voices are going to be silenced. And tomorrow's program picks up where this program leaves off. It's restoring hope and restoring the covenant tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. Now, if you look at the history of any country for more than five minutes, you might have discovered that it's complicated. Yet the 1619 Project makes the whole complex mosaic of American history and just jams it all through a single lens of slavery. Princeton University professor Alan Guzello is one of the uh, group of 12 historians who signed a letter to the New York Times objecting to the false history in the 1619 Project. And here's what he said, quote, I've been a teacher of American history virtually all my life. And if there is one lesson I have learned from all of that is to beware of historic explanations that come down to one single cause. Human events and motivations like human relationships are always more complicated than that. And a cause that claims to explain everything usually winds up explaining nothing, end quote. So why should anyone be concerned about the 1619 Project? Because ultimately, I mean, all they're doing is marketing socialism. Nicole Hannah-Jones has been a never-ending publicity uh, tourist uh, for the project since it uh, launched last August. In the Chicago Tribune interview, she said, quote, I knew that I wanted to do a story on why we're the only industrialized nation without universal health care. I wanted the story to show that we have the stingiest social safety net because of anti-black racism that developed out of slavery. Oh, my gosh. You see what's going on here? If a lot of Americans are still resistant to Medicare for all, you've got to find a different angle. How about a moral argument? The reason we don't already have it is racism, and you're racist if you disagree with it. This is institutional racism right here. Now, it might work. Passing a Medicare for all becomes morally urgent 
in a way to fix America's racism. Do not move an inch from where you are. But Hannah Jones, she wants much, much more than that. Watch. When my editor asked me, like, what's your ultimate goal for the project? My ultimate goal is that there will be uh, a reparations bill passed. It feels more realistic than, like, can we get white Americans to, like, stop being white? Until white Americans are willing to give up whiteness, Mm -hmm. we will never actually have uh, true equality in this country. And the only way you can get them to even think about that is they have to understand that they are white. (laughs) And they have to understand what whiteness has meant. And they need to understand the way they deploy whiteness. Do you remember when Katie freaking Couric came after me. What do you mean by Obama doesn't understand uh, America and, and white America? I don't know. What does she mean by white America and stop white people from being white? What does that mean? Just last week, she published another feature piece for the New York Times about reparations and what is owed. But there are so many problems with the idea of paying reparations, we don't have time to cover them all. So let me just start here. The history of slavery in America, like all of our history, is complicated. The 1619 Project forgot to mention the research of Carter Woodson, known now as the father of black history. He wrote in the 20s and the 30s, and he is still recommended by the NAACP. I would suggest to you that you read Carter Woodson's books. For example, his research found that in 1830, using the census all documented, over 3,700 free blacks in the South owned over 12,900 black slaves. So how are you going to calculate those reparations? Another reason the 1619 Project is an urgent matter for you and your family is that it is marketing socialism, which we know from socialism in the 20th century, that equals death. And it is marketing it now in our schools. Openly, blatantly, this is the poison pill. If your kids come home from school at some point this year saying, did you know that July 4th, 1776 really isn't our birthday? You'll know what's behind it. The 1619 Project partnered with the Pulitzer Center to develop a history curriculum that is giving, being given to schools for free. By the way, as I said, the Pulitzer Center not associated with the Pulitzer Prize Awards, as if they have any credibility. The Pulitzer Center raises awareness of underreported global issues. Hmm. Well, I guess the New York Times somehow convinced them that slavery in America before the Civil War was an unreported or underreported issue. The Pulitzer Center says it's the largest single source of money for global enterprise reporting. Part of their mission is to incorporate this reporting into comprehensive educational programs. Well, that sounds good. A glance at their donor list gives you a taste of their priorities with donors like Facebook, International Planned Parenthood, and the United Nations Foundation. The Pulitzer Center started the 1619 effort by delivering bulk copies of the magazine to over 500 schools around the country, including every high school in Chicago, Buffalo, New York City, Washington, D.C., and Winston-Salem. 
Now, the 1619 curriculum is now in 4,500 classrooms all across all 50 states. In most districts where it has been adopted there, there is no public textbook review process. It's just an administrative decision. Call your school. The associate uh, superintendent of the Buffalo School District says the 1619 curriculum frees young people's minds. She said, particularly for our black children, it lets them know there's there's actually there isn't anything wrong with you. Why are they thinking there's anything wrong with you? We don't need to be self-destructive to hate ourselves. There's actually was an institution of enslavement that really puts us 400 years behind in terms of where we are with prosperity, end quote. This is unbelievable. Brown University history professor Gordon Wood says the only way to use this curriculum in the classroom would be as a way, and I'm quoting, of showing how history can be distorted and perverted, end quote. Random House a publishing, they're publishing a multi-book series for young readers, including a graphic novel based on the 1619 Project. This is unbelievable how these companies are all in. This is a very well-financed, long-term campaign aimed at brainwashing American students to believe that capitalism is a form of slavery, that white Americans should feel guilty about themselves and their nation, and that black Americans are entitled to compensation from non-blacks for the sins of ancestral slavery. We didn't own any slaves. We fought against it. Thanks to the poisonous 1619 effort to infiltrate our schools, there is a very serious possibility that the current generation of youth in America will graduate high school believing 1619 and its alternate reality about America is the true version of U.S. history. If you have school-age kids, contact your school district this week and ask them if they are incorporating the 1619 curriculum this year. If they are, raise holy hell. Email, call the school board, district leadership, ask them to remove 1619 and tell them why you object. As parents, we must take responsibility for teaching our children. I am telling you now, the ramifications eternally for us losing this nation will be a price none of us will want to pay. America only works if Americans know the basic mechanics of our government, and that includes our real history. The founders firmly believed in an educated electorate. Do we even care about that anymore? The bottom line on the 1619 Project is that it is not history. It is socialist activism. This is dangerous Marxism. The 1619 story keeps America in chains. It says we're shackled to the past and there's no way out. But the actual story of America and the United States is so much more hopeful. Slavery, segregation, corruption, hypocrisy. Yes, all of that and more are part of our story. And you have to tell the ugly parts. I've made a career of it. But the story doesn't end there. And if we can't see that... And if the next generation doesn't believe that, then America is done. And quite honestly, if we don't fight for her now, 
We deserve to be wiped off this land. In 2016, there was an article in The Guardian about how the communist Chinese government manipulates China's history. It says, quote, efforts to commemorate the past are often misleading or so fragmentary as to be meaningless. Almost all plaques at historical sites, for example, tell either partial histories or outright lies. The Communist Party does not just suppress history. It recreates it to serve the present. And then this line is amazing. It sounds like it could have been the inspiration for the entire 1619 project. Quote, they will know that in a communist state, change often starts when the past is challenged. End quote. That is exactly what the 1619 Project is working to accomplish. If you can erase a people's history or get them to ignore them or to even hate that, you can create a new one for them. Give them new identity that you control. There is a war raging for the hearts and minds of the next generation. And if what we're seeing out there in the streets right now is any indication, there is already a generation convinced by the narrative that America is an evil empire. The Marxists in the nation have made up their mind what story to believe in America, and they are not playing around. Their story is a clever lie with just enough truth to disguise itself as history. But it is purposefully, wildly, incomplete and inaccurate history. Americans who believe in the Constitution must decide if we are once again willing to work as hard to advance the truth about our nation's history as the 1619 Project is working to advance the lie. We pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes and our sacred honor. Will we still do that tonight? Working from home right now is driving up one of the worst type of cybercrime, uh, home title theft. We're doing it all from home. We're working, we're banking, we're video conferencing. I mean, why? Oh, why not? We can't. I mean, we can't go anywhere. Uh, we certainly can't run our business. Cyber criminals are targeting our home. Actually, they they want the money that they can get by taking out loans against your home. The crime, home title theft, and the FBI is warning homeowners. Home Title Lock is the way to protect your home from cyber thieves. Your home's legal title is online, and all you have to do is forge your signature stating that you sold your home to them. Then they take out all kinds of loans in your home and leave you in debt. Banks, insurance, basic identity theft services, none of them protect you from this. Home Title Lock, it's a barrier between you and your home's title or anybody else. Protect your home now. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you've already become a victim. Use the code BECK for three free days of protection to help you through the crisis. That's code BECK at HomeTitleLock.com. I want to introduce you to Bob Woodson. He is going to be a part of the uh, of the uh, special from the Standing Rock Ranch uh, tomorrow. Thank you so much, Bob, for joining us. Uh, you you are you have headed up a project to try to take the sixteen nineteen project apart, uh, and your website is seventeen seventy six unites with an s dot com. Bob, I, as I look at this website, I see really, really good um, papers 
that explain why the 1619 project is wrong. But I know you at least, I think, well enough in the short time we've known each other to know that white papers are never going to do it. What does what does 1776unites.com actually do? Well, since the left is using race as the uh, bludgeon to destroy this country, we decided that the messenger had to be black as well. So we brought together uh, black scholars and activists, and we are challenging their narrative. We're not entering a debate. We are, we're going to offer a superior narrative to prove that America is founded on 1776, and we're going to provide evidence to support that. And uh, we've got seminars. We also are developing curriculum, uh, videos. We just want to show America yeah. that. Uh, so that, that's why we're, we're going to take them on. I'm so glad. And you are exactly the guy to do it. And uh, we're going to have more on this with Bob tomorrow on hopefully a little bit on radio. Uh, and then also uh, he's in our special tomorrow night. I urge you to go to 1776unites.com and uh, help them in their mission. More in a minute. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.